Craig, this morning uh, we're talking because we are uh, alarmed a little by the Trump administration. They're proposing new regulations on refugees seeking asylum in the United States. Can you explain what's happening right now? When Congress enacts a law, it realizes that the legislature cannot anticipate all the different ways a law will be implemented. It leaves to the agencies the authority to implement regulations that inform government officials, as well as lawyers, as well as individuals seeking relief, how the law will be implemented. In asylum and refugee law, we have a number of regulations that have worked since the law was first enacted in 1980 to tell us how an asylum applicant can apply, what are the necessary pieces of evidence that will be needed, and what elements are needed to obtain asylum. This administration has proposed new regulations that if they go in effect, will basically eliminate asylum as a remedy for refugees fleeing persecution. Let's talk about the timing of this. Why now? We know that this administration from the first month it was in office has tried to limit and dismantle the refugee system. The Muslim travel ban was implemented in January after the administration took office. And we know that it's been restricting access to asylum at the southern border for the last three years. In the midst of this pandemic, it's now offered proposed rules that would both change the standards for which asylum's granted, as well as limit the procedures of immigration judges to even hear cases of bona fide refugees. One has to assume that this has been a plan, step by step, to eliminate refugee both resettlement and also the asylum process. It might also be in the waiting months of this administration's first term to try to overall do what it couldn't do when it failed to build a border wall to now make a legal wall stopping refugees from even applying for asylum. Aren't there laws that protect refugees currently? Is the president going against those current laws? In many ways, yes. The Refugee Act of 1980 sets forth a procedure that anyone, irrespective of their status, can at least apply for asylum. Think about this, Brian. During World War II, many nations, including the U.S., refused to allow people fleeing Nazi violence in Europe to enter the country. What happens when that occurs? Individuals have to return home or they stay at the border and can get imprisoned, tortured, killed. In 1951, the world community came together and enacted a convention whose main purpose was to allow people into a country to apply for asylum, to allow nation states to determine if they were bona fide asylees, and if so, grant them asylum. Give them safety under the process of law and protect the nations by allowing them to then determine asylum. This administration has been frustrated that lawyers, volunteer interpreters, volunteer therapists, communities have worked with refugees to show that they are indeed entitled to asylum. It has determined through these proposed regulations and much of the work it's been doing the last three years to keep people from getting access to lawyers, to getting access to that due process under law. One of the reasons that I've read that uh, we weren't accepting people during the Holocaust and during uh, the Jews fleeing Nazi Germany was because of the quotas that were were around back then, the sort of uh, the quotas uh, that we had based on who was allowed to be in this country. 
do the refugee laws bypass those quotas that we have? Is that are those two separate things? We have different quotas for lawful immigration than we had in the 1930s. We do have a lawful immigration process. We have family reunification. We have employment and people work through the process. The word is not bypass. The word is recognizing that someone fleeing persecution, someone fleeing torture, someone fleeing people who are preventing them from exercising their faith in their communities shouldn't have to wait in a country that's persecuting them to have their turn to show that they are eligible for asylum. Therefore, it's not a bypass. It is actually a safety valve that we've recognized our own errors in the past to allow people to come in to work while they're waiting for the system to evaluate their claims and to tell their story. That's the beauty of the American legal system. If you have a right to tell your story and have a impartial judge make a decision, if you're able to meet the requirements of the law, we'll give you asylum. If not, you'll be ordered to be returned to your country, presumably because if you have not been able to prove it, you won't be persecuted. When people think of this as a bypass or a loophole, they don't realize this actually is a way for nation states to make the system work and not have legitimate refugees die or be imprisoned in their home countries. This administration is challenging the effectiveness of communities that have worked together to provide lawyers, to provide shelter and assistance to refugees. There's a documentary that you wanted to tell us about. What's the name of it and and what is it about? Brightness of Noon is actually a two-part documentary that looks at the intersection of faith, immigration, and refugees. The producers interviewed people all over the country who were working with refugees to provide housing, to provide shelter, to provide food, and to recruit lawyers to work with asylees and refugees, either refugees in a resettlement process or asylum applicants seeking the protection of our laws. Remarkable story of Jewish synagogues, Christian congregations, multi-faith organizations that include Muslims working to protect Syrian refugees. We were interviewed in Chicago, my congregation, Wellington Avenue United Church of Christ and Lincoln Park Presbyterian had been working most recently with two families of asylum applicants from El Salvador and Guatemala. And the documentary demonstrated how these communities of faith working together had allowed these families to work through the system and eventually obtain asylum. That documentary recently won an Emmy, but the most important fact is it shows the system could work, that Americans across the country, in their synagogues, in their mosques, in their community organizations, in their churches, had found the resources to make the system work. These proposed regulations, fearful that we in this country can show how to express hospitality and how to make law work, are proposing regulations to limit the avenues of relief available under the law. Let me give you an example. Years ago, Congress enacted the International Religious Freedom Act. The International Religious Freedom Act pointed out that many people of faith were fleeing countries that both persecuted through the law, but also because they tolerated gangs and private individuals persecuting persons who might be in a minority faith. And Congress 
actually slapped our government on the hand and said, either through ignorance or intentionally failing to implement the law, you're not adjudicating religious asylum cases properly. Making a finding that some people feared these private gangs in countries where governments tolerated that. The proposed regulations now say that just fleeing gang violence is not enough to get asylum. So the proposed regulations go against what Congress told the government to do. The other example is immigration judges or even asylum officers or even Border Patrol may be able to tell people, you're not eligible, go back. How can members and friends of DePaul community respond to these proposed regulations and how can we help? Under the law, the government offers these proposed regulations, but also offers individuals and organizations to send comments to the government. We have until midnight of July 15th to send in comments. I urge everyone who cares about refugees, who cares about the rule of law, to send in a comment. Organizations we work with have made this easy for you to do. And we're going to have links on this episode's podcast, and we will also have links on the blog post for this. So if you're looking for the links, we'll link to this. Thank you, Brian. The link will provide a template, and you can pick an issue that you find particularly appalling, whether it be the limitations on eligibility if one's fleeing religious persecution or fleeing domestic abuse or fleeing gangs. What we ask you to do is to find something that resonates with you as an individual. The government must respond to every individual letter filed. Take the template, introduce yourself, explain why you're concerned about refugee issues. You might have a grandparent that fled Europe in World War II. You might have other friends in your community that have fled current violence in Syria or Central America. Your faith commitment may call you to welcome the stranger as a native. Whatever your commitment is, put that in the first paragraph, and then you can pick out parts of the template offered by these organizations. Uh, The National Immigrant Justice Center offers a beautiful template for non-attorneys to file this. So put in your paragraph or two, add which parts of the proposed regs you find particularly appalling, and please send it in before midnight, July 15th. I also urge you to send these links to members of your communities, your faith organizations, your community organizations, your family and friends. We need to speak out at this attempt to take away lawful procedures to protect bona fide refugees. If you're worried about unaccompanied children refugees being turned away at the border, we'll give you a link that will help you respond to those issues. This can be something that we do as community, much like DePaul University. By the way, our Asylum and Legal Immigration Clinic is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year of having students and faculty work with refugees and in many ways very successful. These proposed regs would prevent our students the opportunity of working with refugees by keeping them out of the country and therefore not getting that educational experience, but also not being able to offer legal protection. The National Immigrant Justice Center also has this template, but it's also a beautiful example of volunteer attorneys, volunteer translators, volunteer therapists, communities working together and being successful. Brian, one of the silver linings of these proposed regulations is it reminds us of the success of 
programs in Chicago and Illinois that have worked over the last 30 or 40 years in providing hospitality refugees. The late Dr. Ed Silverman, who had been head of the Illinois Bureau of Refugee and Immigrant Services, helped found the refugee resettlement movement in Illinois, which became a model for the entire nation. And we have many outstanding groups our students have worked with throughout Chicago, such as Refugee One and others to resettle refugees. Our National Immigrant Justice Center has been working over 30 years to recruit volunteers to defend refugees. Thus, these regulations not only make it difficult, if not impossible, for bona fide asylees to obtain asylum, they're a direct attack on the civic involvement of so many folks in Chicago, Illinois, and the nation to make our laws work and to protect refugees. We have an opportunity here to speak out, and I hope you'll join me in sending your comments to the federal government. Craig, thanks so much. Uh, we hope that people will uh, take this call to action and run with it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This podcast is not intended as legal advice. If you'd like to learn more or check out the reference materials, please look at the show notes at blogs.depaul.edu slash DMM.